we've had a consultation period with the garages and the feedback that came back from the garages quickly um, made us realize that the garages as a whole carrying out the inspections uh, wasn't an option. of DVS, and you're listening to the Bailiwick Podcast with me, David Conway. Earlier this week, Jersey's government announced that it would be creating a new centre itself for periodic technical inspections, which are MOT-style tests for vehicles on the island. The tests come after the island signed up to the Vienna Convention for Road Traffic, part of which requires it to carry out a regime of inspections so that cars can continue to drive in Europe. The inspections themselves involve cars over five years old being checked every three years, and motorcycles over three years old every two years. Though it won't be until around 2024 that we'll be seeing the centre, the government is currently in the process of deciding whether they will be running it by themselves, or whether they will be handing it over to the private sector for a franchise to run once it's built. As this process goes on, I sat down with DVS head, Gordon Forrest, to talk about building the new centre, what the new rules will entail, and why exactly it was thought necessary for the new rules to come in. Gordon Forrest, welcome to the Bailiwick Podcast. Now firstly, would you be able to explain the reasons for these new periodic technical inspections coming into play? It all started in early in 2018, when the island was offered the chance to have the ratification of the Vienna Convention for Road Traffic extended to it. This was... Uh, discussed at length, it was debated in the States, and it was agreed that it would be in in the interest of the island to have the ratification extended to it. Since then, we have gone through a very um, a long process of implementation. And can you discuss a bit about what the difference between a PTI and an MOT is? Because obviously, there are comparisons drawn between the style, but there are some key differences. Well, they're actually, they're actually very similar, to be honest. With MOTs, you inspect the basics, such as tyres, brakes, bodywork, oil leaks, and, and that sort of thing. There are five or six basics. We will be doing brakes, steering, visibility, which is field of vision, condition of glass wipers, washers, etc. The lighting entails uh, checking lamps, reflectors and electrical equipment, uh, wheels, tyres and suspension, and finally bodywork and structure. Um, And the bodywork side of it, we're looking for any sort of corrosion and damage. And one of the other key differences between the two, even though, like you say, they are similar, is there are different timescales, aren't there, compared to the regularity of the checks? Oh, absolutely. So just to explain the, the process that we've been through, once we had it offered to us, we we had to put together a fairly in-depth document uh, to go past the Department of Transport to have the ratification eventually um, accepted by the United Nations. And within this, we had to put forward timescales for testing age of vehicles, and we didn't negotiate 
I suppose it was actually it was it was sort of negotiation progress with the uh, process with the Department of Transport, um, whereby we ended up at vehicles that are five years old to be tested on their fifth birthday and every three years thereafter. Now that's totally different from the UK because in the UK it's an annual inspection um, when the vehicle reaches three years old. So we had to actually explain that living on a small island, we felt that the wear and tear of the vehicle, which wouldn't be doing such long distances as in the UK, merited a less um, regular inspection. On that note, really, you know, you talk about uh, tailoring this to Jersey. You know, it has very unique circumstances compared to, say, UK roads. And I understand that you went through extensive stakeholder engagement. Would you be able to talk a bit about what some of the key considerations you had to bring into play were when looking at this stakeholder engagement? We identified five different ways of inspecting. The first one was, and, and in no particular order, it was the garages testing, carrying, carrying out the inspections themselves, a government build and government uh, inspecting. Uh, third option was government build and franchising it out to a third party. Uh, then there was a private build and being run and inspections carried out by a private company. And then the fifth option was a sort of hybrid option between garages and government. And we went through a very, very lengthy and in-depth consultation process uh, with the garages, first of all, um, because one of the prime uh, considerations was to ensure that the level playing field within the garages wouldn't be upset. The feedback, we, we, had, we um, sent out the survey and we got a lot of sort of diverse feedback from the garages. And we found out very quickly that there were a lot of smaller garages who wouldn't necessarily have the resource or the land to carry out the inspections who were extremely worried that if the larger garages were allowed to do it, garages who may have the resource and the land, that it would create an, an imbalance in the industry and some of the smaller garages may go out of business. What does it take uh, to implement these inspections? You know, you spoke about there's a certain infrastructure there that needs to be that some of the smaller garages um, can't seem to afford. And I was just wondering if you could explain in a bit more detail what a garage would need to carry out these tests? Well, there's, you know, we're looking for the number of vehicles. Um, bearing in mind that if it were down to the garages and no one else, it would be split up amongst any of them. Um, so they wouldn't necessarily need the amount of land that a government-built um, concern would, would need. But, but it would be a minimum investment significant I don't really want to go into figures uh, very difficult to be absolutely accurate but but the difficulty is that a lot of land would be needed it would be difficult for garages because they wouldn't know uh, at the outset how many vehicles they would be they would be inspecting and um, from a government point of view there would be a huge amount of regulation needed if the garages were were carrying out the and of course for smaller garages there would be significant investment. And talking as well about the garage industry and some of the concerns that have been raised, um, one that we'd been made aware of was 
employment in the industry some people involved were voicing concerns there was less and less mechanics available and I was just seeing what provisions have been put in place as part of this to ensure that they weren't being taken from the pool and put into these new facilities. We we recognised very quickly that uh, there are a limited number of fully qualified mechanics in the industry in the island and should we go down the line of of requiring uh, fully qualified mechanics then the likelihood would be that we would take a significant number um, from the garages if the option were a government built and either government run or franchise uh, solution and, and and that was unacceptable so we've looked at it very cl- closely and we the standard will be standard the mechanic will be people who have a background in in mechanics not necessarily uh fully qualified um but could be time served mechanics or a lot of time served mechanics in the island who aren't qualified so we'd be looking at at part of it being fulfilled by them and but really a mechanical background um, and a accompanied by a two to three week course, which we're looking at at the moment with Skills Jersey and Highlands. Uh, so we're in discussion with them at the moment, bearing in mind that uh, we have got time for this um, because in legislation we have a start date for the inspections as April 2024. Moving on to the idea of, you know, the fact this is going to be a government-owned building. Um, would you be able to talk a bit about why that decision was made to go with a government-owned building in the end and um, what stage of the process you're at now? Well, we, we went through this process, which we've had a consultation period with the garages and the feedback that came back from the garages quickly um, made us realise that the garages as a whole carrying out the inspections uh, wasn't an option. We we haven't. We're now at the position where we've narrowed it down to government bill, and either franchising it out to a third party, or government testing doing the testing itself. So we've we've got a further bit of work to do on that to actually hone it down to arrive at the correct solution, uh, the best solution in the interests of the island. Now best solution in in the interest of the island means do we want government to employ probably between 15 and 20 people to carry out these inspections or would it be a lot cleaner going out to franchise um, and find a solution either on island or off island Um, we we, we're at stage where we're actually going to go out for expressions of interest both on island and off island, to actually establish who's out there and how qualified they may be to carry out um, ETIs. Within this, you have the IT side of it, because there would be quite a complicated um, IT side to do with the equipment and and everything that goes with that. And and really, there are two very close options at the moment. It was a very stringent evaluation process and, and those were the two options that were actually way ahead of the other three options. And when can we expect to see some sort of decision? What's what's the timeline like for that? 
uh, I think we will know the option within the next um, three months. Finally, really, as we go up to this, you know, what what are the key stages we have to look forward to in that lead up to 2024 once we've got past this first approximate three month decision on whether it will be franchised or whether it will be government run? What will be the next steps and processes towards building this centre, getting it set up and getting it running? Well, there'll be a, once um, a site has been identified um, and we're talking to property holdings at the moment and looking at um, two or three different sites. Once the site has been identified, um, there is a, a what could be a lengthy pre-planning and planning process to go through. And, and then there's the bill. Um, so we're confident we'll be up and running by April 2024. We, we've done a lot of work. We've, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. The important thing is we find the right solution for the island. Um, there are residents, locals, who think that I don't have to do this. I shouldn't have to have my vehicle inspected because I'm not travelling abroad. Well, it's actually not all about travelling abroad. Yes, your vehicle's got to be in good condition for travelling abroad, but it's also about foreign jurisdictions bringing vehicles to Jersey, and it's not acceptable if there's a local vehicle, a Jersey vehicle, which is defective. For example, the brakes fail, you drive into the foreign vehicle and someone gets badly injured or killed. And that's that's what it's all about. Thank you to Gordon Forrest for discussing this development, which Express will be covering as it goes on. Thanks for listening to the Bailiwick podcast. You can find all the past episodes under the Listen tab on our website, bailiwickexpress.com, and in all of the usual pod places. The music at the beginning and the end of this podcast is I Shift My Weight by Luno. More next week.